Hi everyone, due to a bit of a recording hiccup, we've only got about half of the episode today, but don't worry, we will be bringing back Brett and we'll bring back Sam and we'll record a part two. So in the meantime, enjoy the episode of Scare Maze Etiquettes, The Do's and Don'ts. Let's start the episode. Where hinges creak in doorless chambers. Where strange and frightening sounds echo through the halls. This is the Theme Park Loopy Podcast. Hey everyone and welcome to the Theme Park Loopy Podcast and today I'm joined by Costa Sam and also by Brett from Fear and Sons and today we're going to be talking about Scare Maze Etiquette. So Sam has come to us with a number of Scare Maze Etiquettes and we're going to discuss those and whether we agree or disagree and maybe with a few stories in between. So Sam, how are you doing? Hey, hey, it is so good to be back honestly ryan it's been too long what's too been long. going on i know well i think people are getting a bit suspicious on this podcast because in the first few episodes my wife's on them and she suddenly disappears and then you've been on them and then you suddenly disappeared so i think people were getting a bit worried about what was going on in the podcast but now you're back so well who's next to disappear brett i'd watch <laughs> out he's coming for you <laughs> i'm getting a bit worried now i didn't know about this did you know about the... Di- well, I did ask Shelley if she wanted to come on and make a guest appearance, but uh, she went for a bath instead. So I said, I need to prove to people that you haven't mysteriously disappeared. Um, but I think she likes the mystery. So we'll see what happens. Um, I could have just said I was in having a bath this whole time to get out of it. I I didn't realise it was that easy. <laughs> yeah, it's just that easy. Just just tell me that you're uh, having a bath. Okay, it. well, next time I'm having a bath. Right. Okay. <laughs> Maybe yeah. I've just been having a bath for the last four months, you know, or not four months quite, is it what, four weeks more like? Can you imagine Maybe. having a bath for four months? <laughs> oh, you just look skin. like a prune. <laughs> <laughs> well, it'd just be cold, you'd have to keep topping it up. And that, well, that's a question, that's a philosophical question for you. If uh, you have to keep top, topping up the bath with warm water, is it actually the same bath? Right, okay, let me just point something out. We ended the last podcast talking about baths. Can we not keep bringing up baths all the time? Oh, yeah, that's right. But I did actually have to delete the bath. Oh, talk, did you so... Oh, did you edit that bit out? Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, because we were, we were echoing what we said. So I had to delete the bath talk. Okay. Um, so as far as the listeners are concerned, this is the first first bath talk. So In, in that case, this sounds pretty weird that I brought it up at all then. <laughs> Hey, we all have a bath from time to time, don't we? We can't say no. I mean, bubble baths or baths with no soap? What do you think? Always bubble bath. Yeah, you've got to have bubbles, haven't you? Yeah. It's not always, otherwise. Always a nice muscle soak. Tell you what, I love a muscle soak in the bath. Always. And a rubber duck as well. well it's just, oh, it's just, I do have rubber ducks. Yeah, I've got some rubber ducks. And also, um, for, for our um, when we got married um, a few years ago... We did our um, 
did our honeymoon in the Lake District, and we got like um, like a um, what do you call it? Like um, a lodge with a hot tub, and the guy um, actually came over and and get, uh, bought us this big like uh, rubber duck and put it in his hot tub. Um, and because it were over Christmas, um, it was like a Christmas one, so we called it Simon the Duck. So Simon the Christmas Duck. So so yeah, that were good. So that rubber duck story. <laughs> and then and then weird, weirdly, um, also one of my uh, co-workers for some reason as um, a gift bought as a rubber duck as well. But it was like a kind of weird biker duck had like studs around its neck and stuff, and we're wearing this little like leather cap. So I don't know why people keep getting us ducks. I, just, I don't know. Maybe what was what, what was his name? I can't remember that one. Maybe Terence or something like that. Maybe. Why did you pick? Does sound like boring, a duck. <laughs> you pick such boring names, Simon and Terence. I mean, come on, that's quite cool. Rather, could have gone from anything. Could have gone sort of quackers or like you know, oh, like, quackers. Too obvious. <laughs> I guess so. Well, but, but, but I'm sorry. And, and Simon is, you know, the height of excitement. Oh, here he is. Simon sounds like the lonely mate that's at the back of the wedding on, like, table 50 that you just thought, oh, we've got to chuck Simon somewhere. Poor duck. That's, and sorry to any Simons that's out there. But poor duck that's just sort of, oh, this is Simon the Christmas duck. I mean, there's absolutely zero alliteration in any of that. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, but I also do have a cat called Dave. So, and you have a cat called I didn't know your cat was called Dave. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it's a good name. You, you don't have any children yet, do you? No, no. Uh, okay, don't <laughs> don't name them. <laughs> Those poor children. Yeah, <laughs> it will be like sort of sort of Quentin or you know sort of no. We, oh yeah, we... he gets out the intricate names for the kids only. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we've already picked um, F- F- we've already picked a girl name, uh, so that's going to be Genevieve. Oh. Um, <laughs> I was surprised it wasn't Margaret. Margaret, <laughs> no, not Margaret. No, um, or Pearl. <laughs> um, yeah, so so girl Genevieve and a boy. I don't think we've quite decided on that one, but Shelley quite likes. Um, she likes either Agamemnon or um, <laughs> what was the other one? Or Tiberius? Oh, for real? Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. So she quite likes Tiberius. Tiberius so, is quite exotic. That's quite nice. I could I could fall in love with the Tiberius. Not that I'd want to fall in love with your child, but um, that sounds strange. <laughs> but, um, but Tiberius please, sounds quite an exotic don't. name. No, yeah, you, I won't. you could shorten it to Toby or something like that, or Tobias or something like that as well. That's Ty, mm. yeah. Oh, you yeah. But I quite like, we quite like French names. So I like uh, Jacques or like Jean-Luc or something or, like or, that. Or like Simon. <laughs> Simon. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure, I was about to say, I'm pretty sure Jacques, Jacques is Jacques. Jacques, yeah. Uh, We've already gone on such a tangent. Yeah, so that's so not started go. yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, no, we have started. Right, okay. So, um, right, okay. So, so Brett, so you're from uh, Fear and Sons, and Sam, you're from Coast of Sam blog. So, do you want to just while we uh, before we get into the topic, do you both want to just tell us where people can find you, Sam first? 
Oh, um, sure. Yeah, you can find me on at Coaster Sam blog on Instagram. Uh, we also have a link up there which uh, goes to our main website and blog where we put opinion pieces and reviews and general articles. And over on the Instagram, we have an IGTV where we actually do our very own uh, trivia theme park game show where we where we film um a trivia game show physically inside a theme park with enthusiasts and for enthusiasts um so it's a lot of good fun um in all truth be told i've had a very busy couple of months um with my life in general so um i haven't put any new content up content up uh, recently but believe you me that will be coming back into play um at some point by the end of the year but please if you haven't checked me out so far head on over to the instagram that's at coaster sandblog and join in the fun yeah check out the sweet sweet shots and uh brett uh yeah you can find me on all the general social media stuff uh at fear and sons horror uh, immersive horror consulting forgot the own name of my of my company then um i highly recommend going to check sam's stuff out uh in fact the the theme park trivia quiz in a theme park is uh one of the most entertaining uh theme park related videos i've ever seen uh i need to find out where you went where you actually get those suits from sam <laughs> yeah so oh brett that's actually really kind of you to say thank you um i actually recommend that you go and check brett stuff out as well because uh if you didn't know brett I mean, well, I only just realised this now before we were talking, but as a teenager, there were so many events that I wanted to go to um, that I couldn't because I wasn't 18, and a lot of the events you had to be 18. Um, and I've, we, I only just discovered that Brett was, like, the mastermind behind, like, at least three of them, which completely <laughs> blew my mind. So uh, we literally have a horror, immersive horror uh, attraction genius with us right now so absolutely so i was brett i support you wholeheartedly and i can't wait for the day that you finally make an attraction recently that i can actually visit now being over the age of 18 which is great <laughs> well we'll have to work on that like immersive horror genius uh i'm gonna have to write that one on the website i think i yeah, prefer <laughs> i prefer to call brett the commissioner of fear that's what Ooh. i'm going with oh that is good yeah very mm, i like that that's that's going on the business card i reckon (laughs) it is yeah that is that is business card material (laughs) yeah and um you see i i've heard of a few people who have uh youtube uh pages or channels and they do actually go around with business cards but i always found that a little bit of a weird thing to do so i don't know tell me is that the done thing or not to go around with business cards but I'd imagine um, these days it's probably not the best idea, is it, really, to be handing out bits there of is a There is a new thing I've seen recently about business cards. You can actually get a singular, like, metal business card that when you touch it to a phone, it just gives all your information over. And it sends you, yeah. say, your Facebook, Instagram, your LinkedIn account, all those things. And you literally just have the one card, tap it to the phone, and all the information is transferred over. I can't remember the exact name. I think they're called Vice something along those lines. But I've seen a couple of them pop up recently with other people that work in the industry and, and they look really mm. cool. Yeah, maybe that might be a slightly more snazzy way of, of doing it, maybe. Um, yeah, oh, well, I'll have to have a think about that. Right, okay, so... Um, before we kick off on the topic, I just wanted to touch on a piece of news that we actually covered uh, last week, but we didn't actually get Sam's reaction to it because... Um, Sam, uh, you're a former uh, Disney cast member. And I just wanted to get your reaction to the news, obviously, that they're, they're letting go quite a number of people over in America. Like, uh, we were a bit confused about the number 
because I said 28,000. How many staff does Disney even have in America uh, when they're letting go 28,000? Is that like maybe half of the people they've got or a third or something like that? It's quite a big number. Just wanted to kind of get your reaction on that. Yeah, um, this was actually really shocking news. So um, just to give you a bit of people a bit of background, if you didn't know, um, I've worked for Disney... um, I used to work for Disney across three of their different um, enterprises, if you like. So I worked for uh, the merchandise and um, customer experiences with uh, on that branch. So I started there at Disney Store. Then I moved to Disney World in Florida for their, with their parks and resorts. And then just recently, last year, I continued with parks and resorts over with Disney Cruise Line. Um, and, now, and now I don't work for the company anymore just because... Um, I sort of wanted to base myself back in the UK. Uh, so, and just before I kind of continue to speak on this, um, I don't work for the company. I don't, I'm not speaking on behalf of the company. Um, this is just me sort of saying uh, my own personal thoughts to it. Um, but I just want to put that out on the record. Uh, it is very sad, you know, Ryan. Um, uh, in terms of how many employees Disney have, I, I don't know the number off by heart, but it is a, it's a huge um, in fact, I can have a quick Google if you like. It's an absolutely huge um, number. I mean, let's have a look what the total of just Disney World is. Um, total Disney World cast members. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, what what um, what's quite interesting is so in total. There we go. In total, Disney has two hundred and twenty thousand employees um so and i'm not sure if that's disney world or disney as a whole i'm presuming disney world um but so twenty-eight thousand. i mean that's still quite a significant number but mm. what's what's important to note with that is that that number is across the entire um across the entire Disney community. So it's not just Disney World or Disneyland, but it was also affecting Cruise Line. So unfortunately, um, a number of my friends who I met out working for Cruise Line and, and are from, from the UK as well, uh, they have, you know, unfortunately lost their contracts and, um, you know, have been told this, uh, this, this news that, that they can't go back to work. And, and it's very, really sad. Um, but you've always got to keep in your heads and in your heart that actually... This was just unfortunately the situation that uh, was caused by COVID and there was nothing Disney could do, really. Um, yeah, they are a business at the end of the day. And also you've got to think in hindsight of the magic and the um, and the wonderful immersive entertainment that, that you did create previously, you know, that you were out there, you were helping those families have the best sort of time they could uh, before COVID struck and you really kind of pushed for that. And unfortunately COVID's come on and... And, uh, and 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 scalp it up the whole thing, but it will. We will get back to normal. Or sorry, we will. Disney will get back to normal. Um, uh, things will go back as they were. I'm sure they will. They won't be exactly the same. Um, and I'm confident that you know people that have unfortunately lost their job within that twenty eight thousand would be welcomed back into the company uh, when the time is right and when they can. Uh, are able to to get those people back i'm sure um but it is it is very very sad and um it's important to remember you know that's people's livelihoods that are lost uh, but also that disney wouldn't do something like that if it wasn't 
the the right course of action and that was needed to take you know they wouldn't they wouldn't just knock on the head 28,000 employees so um I love I loved my time with the company and and I still do very much have a lot of respect and love love for the company for everything that they did for me and and um and so and I know that once you're there's a saying in the in the Disney community once you're a cast member you're always a cast member and uh that will forever reign true and still be true in, in all of our hearts. And I'm sure that those that did well and let go uh, will be able to uh, step back into the company when the opportunity is right. Yeah, I think the impression that I got was that um, even though they have had to be let go for now, I don't think it was necessarily forever. Well, they obviously they haven't been furloughed. They have actually been let go. But I think the message has been that if if uh, things change and they are able to bring people back then then they will so so hopefully people will be able to go back i think it's going to have the biggest impact i think possibly in florida because i think florida is you know so dependent on tourism um uh, and there are a few i think there's already a few facebook groups and things like that you can join to support some of the cast members because quite a few of the cast members have uh, like Etsy shops and they're quite creative and some of them even do like Disney related things so if you if you have a look on Facebook and have a look um, for Disney cast members uh, you can have a look on there maybe you can buy something from one of their Etsy shops and uh, you know support them that way so that's an option for you right okay so kicking off with the topic then um, Sam um, has compiled a list of um, scare maze etiquettes so this is about how we should behave when we go to a scare maze, and we thought we'd just have a bit of a, a chat about that, really. So, Sam, do you want to uh, lead us into your to your list of uh, etiquettes, and then we'll see what we what we agree and what we disagree with? Yeah, absolutely. Well, th- this sort of came about as we were just discussing, sort of, the, uh, you know, when uh, when the Halloween season was was starting, um, the kind of do's and don'ts, and and some of the annoyances, and and uh, uh, but also some of the positives that you find when going through scare attractions. And so it's just sort of more of a, I'd say, like an open discussion. And uh, thought we'd, yeah, I'd sort of we'd sort of talk about it. Hey, um, so a couple. Shall, should we start with the do's or the don'ts first? What do you want to start with, Rye? Ooh, um, let's start with the the don'ts first, and then we'll we'll end on a positive. I think. Okay, fab. So we'll start with the don'ts, um, and I'll sort of name one, um, and then it'll be interesting to sort of get your guys' thoughts. Because I mean, Brett, I mean, with all the experience that you have in the scare industry, you'll you'll be, I'm sure, you'll be able to to speak to some of these. So, um, and also, if you guys have any other ones that you you think as well, please do shout out. Um, so, okay, my first don't is don't go through with a dead face um, or like act as if you're just highly, highly unimpressed. Even if you even if you aren't having a great time, just don't go through with a glum face because there's nothing more demoralizing uh, to everyone that's involved with that. Um, and also, usually, sometimes it can result in you not getting um, as good a scare. I don't know what you guys think to that. What, 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 are, you, what are your thoughts? Yeah. Oh, go on, I'll let you go first, Ryan. Um, Yeah, no, I I definitely agree with that. I think it's a bit of a mixed bag in it because I think there will be some people who go through the attraction and uh, get quite nervous, you know, going through these attractions and maybe that's just kind of their natural expression, I guess, if if they're looking quite nervous. 
but then there might be some other people who are trying to show off a little bit, you know, trying to pretend that they're not bothered. But my opinion of it is, um, you know, unless you are one of the former, then why bother queuing up and going into the attraction if you if you're just going to be going through with a glum face um so um yeah i can imagine i think you're not doing yourself any favors i think because even if um even if you are genuinely unimpressed with what's going on um i think the actors are probably not going to be as inclined you know to try and engage with you anymore maybe they'll just do the bare minimum uh, that they're meant to do yeah i i agree with that i i think um I think we'll find a lot of the don'ts are the same people. Uh, I, I likely expect at least three or four of the don'ts that you're about to read out, Sam, uh, to be very similar people, if not the same person. Um, from a scare acting point of view, or from, from a scare actor's point of view, yeah, they, the, um, if I see someone that goes through an attraction and just walks through as if they're really not bothered whatsoever, um, Scare actors are very instinctive actors. Um, they're very animalistic. Um, they will treat certain people as prey. Um, it's just one of the things they learn to do. Um, they won't. They just won't scare you as much. It's, that's just a proven fact. Um, every actor should be given their all for every single group that comes through a scare attraction or, or in whatever way you're you're performing. But. It, it's just a, a known fact that if, if you if you don't respond in any way or if you respond negatively to said performance, um, yeah, the the actor will do what they have to do and move on to the next group. They just they they won't give their full performance whatsoever. Absolutely perfect. That was uh, that was that was that's actually um, super interesting to hear, Brett. Um, yeah, because I think I don't know. I think I think sometimes when when I, when I've gone through attractions um as uh, as as a guest you know you kind of you find that maybe there's one person in the group that isn't isn't reacting as as well but maybe i mean for me i get really easily scared i'm the most jumpy person so <laughs> like so i always jump and tend to get kind of targeted so it's it's quite interesting so as a as a as a sort of scare actor yourself is that definitely that's definitely sort of one one sort of thing that you look for do you kind of sort of target the person who's most terrified I think so. Uh, whenever I'm doing scare acting recently in the last couple of years, I'm generally a uh, roaming scare actor. Um, so I'm able to go up and check on my other actors and stuff that, that are in the event as well, rather than being stuck in one position in a scare attraction. Uh, and when you're out roaming, it's a completely different ball ballgame uh, because you're, you're in someone else's space. Uh, so you, it's a lot harder to own that space as a scare actor. But um, I tend to... If I find someone completely non-reactive or someone that's reacting negative to me, um, I I actually try even harder sometimes. Uh, and every now and then I'll I'll maybe come back to them and, and see if I can make get a, some form of reaction out of them. And and maybe seven out of ten times you you can you can find one spot where you're able to get a decent reaction out of the person, and it makes the rest of the group laugh at this big guy who, who's pretending not to be bothered. Um, but yeah, I, I'm the same as you, Sam. I get scared really easily. Uh, if anyone uh, has has ever seen me go through a scare attraction, there's probably quite a few. I don't know if any of them are listening. Uh, I'm quite well known in the scare industry for being one of the most scared people, and I I don't regret that at all. I actually love the fact that I'm scared because it it gives me 
the opportunity to experience it the way that a general guest would. A lot of people in scare industry uh, become quite desensitized to things and just walk around. It doesn't mean they don't know any better, um, but it's nice to still enjoy a scare attraction as a normal guest would rather than just say, oh, yeah, I, I've done this before. I think I, I'm a bit of a mixed bag because um, sometimes I'll go into an attraction and I'll just kind of smile all the way around, like I'm just smiling. Um but then sometimes I'll actually be quite scared if I get a bit sort of nervous. If the, I don't know, it's it's a bit of a weird one really because I think um, if I genuinely get if I genuinely sort of get into the, um, you know, if if the theme kind of starts to take me into a kind of zone where I'm actually starting to genuinely get a bit nervous and I, I might be a bit scared inside, but but most of the time I'll be kind of smiling walking through the attraction, but. I do I do have a thing where I don't like being uh, surprised. So if there's a jump scare or something, that'll get me every time. Uh, so, so it just depends really for me. So I'm, I'm a bit of a mixed bag. So Okay, um, amazing stuff. Shall we move on to the next don't? So this one is probably yeah. quite obvious, but I'm, I'm interested to know if you guys have ever, ever seen this or experienced this firsthand. Um, so this is don't hit the actors or be overly aggressive when you're walking through, when you paid to walk through something like when you paid to walk through the attraction, why, why? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah, I've been hit multiple times. Um, I even quite, quite comically, I got hit by my own mother in a scare attraction with a handbag once <laughs> what um this was very very early in my scare acting days it was in a in a college not far from me um where i was going to work at a, a friend's scare attraction it was clown based i think there are might be videos of it knocking around somewhere um i jumped off the top of this giant jack-in-the-box um i think i must have been a good seven or eight feet off the ground after jumping off what was already a four and a half foot Jack in the box, and uh, turned out it was my mum coming round. Um, she hit me with her handbag because she didn't recognise me and got scared. So, so that happened. Um, I've been hit multiple times, and uh, it's it's annoying. Um, sometimes I think as a scare actor, you know um, that some people have the fight or flight. Um, kind of situation going on and you know when someone lashes out because they're just scared and that's just a general reaction i have also seen people walk around a scare attraction with their fists up in front of them as if they're about to walk into a boxing ring um to which if i see it coming um they get zero scares throughout the entire scare attraction as far as i'm concerned they walk out at the end and go well that was rubbish and i'm absolutely okay with that because we're not there for violence at all um and if any violence does occur in an attraction, the first thing I do is I'll break character and say, right, that's it, you're coming with me. Um, and that is the dumb thing. That is what should happen. You need to break character instantly um, and just escort them out in the most polite way possible because we can't be putting our own health at risk because someone fancies uh, a fight halfway through a scare attraction. I went to um, an attraction uh, the other year. Um, I don't know if you ever... 
ever heard of the place. It's called Howarth, which is just outside uh, Bradford, in between sort of Bradford and Halifax. And they have um, like a, 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 an old uh, railway line, like a Victorian railway line. And they did an event uh, on the train. So they had like actors on the train. And then you stopped at a station and you went through like a scare maze in the station. And then you stopped at another station and all these hordes of zombies like started like attacking the train and like coming onto the train and stuff. Um, but <clears throat> one of the um, one of the actors thought that um, someone had spat at them. And then, so this this these zombies sort of came over and started kind of telling this guy off. And it was funny because one of my mates, because I said to my mate, I says, what's happening? He goes, that zombie's telling that guy off. <laughs> so it was just funny. <laughs> it was funny watching these zombies, like, telling this guy off. But it turned out that this guy hadn't spied him at all. So they'd actually just spoiled it for everyone by stopping the attraction because they thought someone had spied him. But I think it was just because it had been raining. And I think this guy, and I think what happened is, because uh, they started banging on the windows and you can just open the train windows. He opened the window and I think he might have, you know, gestured at one of the zombies or something. But then he thought he'd been spat on, but he hadn't been spat on in the end. And then the, the zombies went, oh, OK, all right. And then they just carried on. So that, so that was a bit weird. Um, so I suppose it's kind of, it's weighing up in it. You know, has something, you know, genuinely happened where we need to kind of stop or, you know has you know and are we going to spoil it for everyone else you know if we do stop so it's a really hard kind of judgment call to make in it you know when you're kind of risking spoiling the attraction for everyone so have you had any experiences sam of of being struck by a gas uh i never i never have um to be honest, I've worked in a, in a few sort of scare attractions in my time um, over the last few years, but I've never, um, I've never, I think I've accidentally when I was working in, um, I, I had someone, so I was working at a, a sort of more of a volunteer event in Portsmouth when I was at university and um, it was like a zombie outbreak kind of, it was all in this old, it was in the old Navy, so by the old um, ship they've got there, they've got uh, this like, Navy centre. That's it. They've got this like navy climbing wool thing, and um, anyway, and and it was in there, and I sort of volunteered in this event, and um, for a bit of fun, while I was at uni, and uh, me and my friend did it, and there was a scare where I had to sort of lie on the ground, sort of fake like face plant the ground, and then sort of these guests would walk past, and I'd, and then of course you know I'd sort of pop and come to life, and all of a sudden it was this highly highly unpredictable scare um and so so uh so i was there sort of on the ground and i was sort of lying there and of course everyone knew always oh, gonna move always oh, gonna move you know quite a few einsteins came through that attraction and um and i sort of sort of obviously sort of moved and this guest just just uh just proceeded to abs- just kick me in the stomach as if i was like as like quite like gently but like to sort of see if I was going to, if I was going to flinch anymore. He was sort of like, is this guy going to move? You know, like, like kicking me. And I sort of got really, I mean, one or two, I sort of let go because they were only sort of gentle. So I sort of let, let them pass. You know, I was thinking, oh, okay, I'll just sort of keep with this. And then his kicks got a little bit harder. And then I just sort of got pissed off actually. And I just sort of <laughs> broke character. So I was like, excuse me, would you mind this sort of talking dead zombie that's lying on the ground? Sort of, sorry, actually, could you not 
um, kick me in the stomach. I'm actually sorry. I'm trying to trying to do my job here. Thank you. Uh, and sort of, and he sort of moved on and sort of was like, well, that wasn't scary. Well, of course, it's not going to be bloody scary if you're sort of kicking me in the tummy when I'm trying. I'm volunteer. I'm not getting paid for this. You know, I was sort of volunteering. So yeah, I'm trying to trying to be a zombie, actually. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, can't you see I'm busy here? I'm trying to be dead. Thank you. Uh, so anyway it was quite <laughs> uh, yeah it was quite good fun it was that much sass that i kind of brought into it as well as well. i was very very sassy um so uh no that's the only sort of major experience i've had uh over the uh over the few years the 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 very few experiences i've had scare acting that was uh that was the only sort of major time i have to say but it was all in all in quite good jest in the end yeah, I think the the sad thing is, is every single scare actor does have a story like this. If they've worked more than maybe three days in scare attractions, um, yeah, I think we've all had a story like this because it's it's just something you put up with. Um, so when when we do our actor training, we we generally do. I don't know if I'm allowed to swear in this podcast. We we do the uh, um, horrible person exercise which is normally replaced by another word um and and we line all of the actors up and and we choose which actor um uh which actor is going to be more aggressive which actors are going to take the mick a little bit which are going to make inappropriate jokes and 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 then every actor one by one has to go up the line uh in character scaring them and doing whatever they have to do uh, whilst taking essentially just a line of abuse off people without breaking character and then also clocking where is too far. Um, and and it's it's hard to, to draw that line. Um, where 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 would you draw the line of where when it when is there too much abuse that you have to break character? Is it just physical contact? Um, it, where where is it? It's very rare I've ever had to break character. Um, but I tend to see people like that that are, you know, mouthing off at me as a bit of a challenge, I think. Um, because once you square up to them, you know, um, all you have to do is is maybe just uh, slightly edge towards them fast enough and, and, and they're on the floor. Uh, a lot of the time, these people have so much confidence in themselves that, that they um, they don't expect you to ever stand up to them. Uh, I wouldn't recommend any actors do that. Um, I don't, I definitely don't teach that, but I, I do it sometimes if, if I feel like I, I, I'm in a safe enough situation that, that, you know, I, I know my space well and I could get out if I needed to. So that's about where we end today's episode as we didn't record the rest, unfortunately, but do check out Fear and Sons. Also check out Coaster Sam blog. You can find us, Theme Park Loopy, on Facebook, on Instagram. We're also on YouTube as well. So thanks for listening. We'll be back with part two. We'll see you again real soon. And this podcast is over.